0: Back Seahawks fans to the newest episode of the Seahawksness podcast. I'm here with Statelessano, joined as always by the Chip to my Dale. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing?
1: Uh, I am feeling uh, refreshed and ready for a new generation.
0: And our very own Monterey Jack. <laughs> That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you? Crikey! I'm so glad I made Monterey Jack. Eric, Eric on vacation, so he you uh, can kind of hear the. Uh, I don't know what that. There's like a uh, echo. But uh, I I'm am gonna, in a wood paneled house. So <laughs> it's a uh, you got you guys got the air, Eric on vacation, though. That's how you know this is going to be the go episode. He's relaxed. He's ready to go. Um, so something I'd have, I've never said before is I have names for all the segments, but I never say them on the show uh, <laughs> because they're, they're usually like ripoffs of of what other people call, would call the segment. You know, they're not original. And I was like thinking about it. I was like, you know, what? I should just say them. Who cares? You know, that's that's a. I would tend that's... to agree
1: because whatever you're ripping off, they probably rip something
0: else off too. That's okay, how yeah, this yeah. works. It's a creative medium, which means we're all just ripping each other off. So, so okay, so all right, so so this is uh, this is hot takedown, Kevin. All right, <laughs> hot takedown, love it. Uh, where where which is which is that's when we that's when, when what I called fi-
1: our meetup yesterday too. Uh, oh God,
0: uh, <laughs> when I which is when I find an article that I either uh, agree or disagree with, and we uh, we take it down. So. This article we talked we previewed this a little bit last week. Uh, the article is by Bill Barnwell, someone who I've had a, a couple interactions with on Twitter, uh, mostly me making fun of him and him getting mad about it because I think if you're a national media person, the best thing to do is to be incredibly thin-skinned. Uh, so, 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 uh, not handle the well. He he said that there's no remember the game we played against Jacksonville where we were like 18 point favorites and Jacksonville scored like zero points. Yep, and and I was and I made fun of him because I was like. Yeah, that he said that it was impossible for the Jacksonville not to cover the spread because it was so big, and I was like, "Yeah, bud. Well, you have to score if you, if you want to cover a <laughs> spread, probably." But but anyway, um, I he said the Seahawks had the 32nd best offseason out of 32 teams, um, and uh, I looked at the state of the roster and the state of a few other rosters in the NFL, and I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't mentally. I mean, there are many things I disagree with in this in this thing. Like he said, the, you know, the Raiders had the 28th best and he had some teams towards the top that I just, I would not agree with them having a a great off season, but that is neither here nor there. We're, we're a Seahawks podcast. So I don't need to make fun of him saying the Rams had a good off season.
1: What I'll quickly say though, is um, only one team in the NFL traded a second and two thirds for Carson Wentz. And they apparently
0: didn't have the worst off season. So, yeah, you know right you know what <laughs> he he didn't not uh, the commanders he put them at so let's see twenty sixth yeah so you've had six teams behind them so okay anyway thirty two though Seattle Seahawks so let's let's start with what he said that what went right okay we're gonna we're just gonna we're gonna see if we agree all right what went right we retained underrated safety Quandre Diggs for three years thirty nine million but really we we have a out after the first year okay. So we maintain leverage if injuries prevent him from returning to his form. I I agree.
2: This is a good deal. Do you guys did you guys like the Quandre Diggs deal? Yeah, 100%. It gives us like you said an out, but also we love Quandre and if he's going to play, it's going to be a great deal. Yeah, like
0: next next year I think the dead cap number is only I think like 8 uh, something like that. I had so, yeah, three it's...
1: years at 10 per year being what I thought he would go for. So I felt like that was a reasonable contract. The other thing is with the shift in the defense we're playing, safeties are going to be super important and quandary's a really good fit.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So perfect. So we, we agree. We agree. All right. So we're we're in agreement so far. What else went right? We stayed put in the first round. We used our pick on Charles Cross. Then he talks about a little bit how, how people are afraid of air raid uh, tackles because of uh and andre dillard but it's just it's kind of a ridiculous thing to it's 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 comparing a to b which we'll talk about uh later apples to oranges a little bit you know charles cross is not andre dillard just because they both played in the air raid it's we, we talk about this in with ohio state quarterbacks right kevin yeah exactly. uh, helmet scu- helmet scouting and in general so, helmet scouting is just lazy scouting yeah like we shouldn't My take any alabama scouting. running
1: backs because of what happened with trent richardson <laughs>
0: Hey, Eric's uniform corner is uh Thank is coming up is coming up. Eric, actually, <laughs> uh, there's, I I have a uniform thing written down here. Yeah, so Eric, when about, you
1: uh, when you helmet scout, that means a completely different thing.
0: You want? Do you want to? Do you want to? you want to sneak Eric's uniform corner in right here, Eric? It's more accurate than a lot I, of other scouting. So sure. I I I heard there's word on the street is that in the Europe game, Tampa Bay is going to wear the creamsicles. Oh, I, I think uh,
2: I, I think I told you guys that.
0: Yeah. What? How do you feel about that? How does that make
2: you feel? Are you, are you mad? I'm I'm Are you jealous. I'm, Are you just? I'm envious because I'm so happy about it. But that means that it's going to be new Seahawks versus creamsicles. Why can't we get the gray classic Seahawks? Just mm. put the new logo on a like silver gray helmet. Go nuts. Gonna have to ask Jody Allen about that one. Uh, All right, here we go.
0: Maybe what went what went wrong? All right, here we go. So Russell, he talks about the Russell Wilson trade. We got Drew Lock, Shelby Harris, no, Noah, Noah fan, five draft picks. Um. He, they said we did not get enough for a superstar in the prime of his career. Ooh. Okay. And then he said that we're about to head into 2022 with Locke and Gino as our two quarterbacks. We went from having a true superstar to two replacement level veterans, no clear path towards their next franchise passer. Okay. So, um so do you, this one, this, what went wrong? This first point, do you, what do you think? Do you, do you think the uh Russell Wilson trade is part of uh is a total disaster like like uh, like Bill Barnwell does, Eric?
2: um no first of all in the prime of his career i disagree i think he's on the downside of his career so that's <laughs> taking issue still, with everything still very second. good right still very still good, very good. Still, still very good still still, a, still extremely good top 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 uh
0: seven quarterback I was, without a doubt uh, yeah, i, I at would at agree mid
2: 30s is no longer prime yeah and you know he's going to have probably whatever he does this year, probably three more years of that, and that's good. It's definitely a quarterback I'd rather have than Drew Lock or Geno Smith. But uh, to say that he's in his prime is incorrect. Watch the let Russ cook season for the Seahawks. What went wrong? A lot, a lot of things went wrong after game eight of that year. So, um, you know, suck on that Barnwell. Uh, on top of that, getting enough back—that is the package you're going to get back—and that was probably the. I really don't know what else w- was out there because we don't know for sure, but I don't think there was a, an extra first round pick. Maybe there was an extra third round pick, but I think of what we could get, especially at, you know, the, the high draft pick we got, I think we got the best. I don't think the Giants wanted Russell Wilson. If if they did, then I think, yeah, we, we didn't get enough. I think Noah Fant plus Shelby Harris is like a, like a borderline
0: first round pick value. So I don't, I don't know how, I know there's, there's, the clock's running out on Fant's contract, right? And Shelby Harris is older, but, but those two players I think would command about an end of the first round pick value just on the open trade market. Well,
1: where would you rank Um, Fant in NFL tight ends? Like he's clearly top 10, but like for
0: top five, for like like future value. Yeah,
1: for the next three years. Okay, yeah, because
0: I was going to say, like, Gronk is better than him just in a vacuum, but, like, Gronk probably has, like, one, maybe two years left before the injuries are just too much, right? So, and Kelsey's starting to do on the downswing. Let's so, like, say just number, next year. Number, just next year? Sure. Mm, I think he's probably around, like, 12th, uh, okay. 10th to 12th, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a long list, and I, I think that you could argue all the way up to, like, 5th or 6th. Yeah, I think there's there's like five or six guys that are probably inarguable just for next year. But then you as you start to work your way down the list. Yeah, it's it's like
1: Andrews, Kelsey, Waller, um, Gronk, Gronk,
0: Gronk was excellent last year. I think like that's what I've been looking into stats for fantasy, like starting to stat out the guys and I I didn't realize how good he was when he was on the field. It's it's he's a problem still. He's still, a pro- <laughs> yeah, he's say, still a problem. Yeah, I would say I
1: would say put about eighth, but I think yeah, somewhere between eighth and tenth, I think is pretty fair. And as you start moving forward, it becomes like Kyle Pitts, maybe Andrews. People seem to forget Waller's coming up on thirty. Kelsey's starting to decline. Um, still very good, but starting to decline. Like and it's not
2: like
0: a it's not like a great time. It, tight end came into the league this year, either. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's um, but let's so yeah, I think like end of first round value. So it's almost, people are not including those players or just devaluing them to the point where it says, now I, there's a part of this, Kevin, that I, I think you're going to strongly disagree with. He says, there is no clear path towards their next franchise passer. Do you, do you agree with that statement? I think that's just a,
1: like, I think that's a very uh, bad faith argument when you have two first round picks and two second round picks next year. And you have what, like, 50, 60 million in extra cap because we don't have them. I don't see how you can argue that there's no path. It's like, okay, you can trade two first round picks and sign a franchise quarterback to a 40 to 50 million dollar contract. You can use two first round picks to trade up to get the quarterback you want. You could trade a second round pick with a first round pick to move up slightly, depending on what your picks look like. To say there's no path, so then what he's saying is, that there is no viable franchise quarterback in the first round of next year's draft.
2: So, and no, and,
0: and no one will be, and no one will become a free agent or be available on the trade market.
1: Yeah, that's basically what he's saying. So, what he's saying <laughs> is that all franchise quarterbacks are currently on rosters and not getting moved. And I just feel like that's a very lazy argument to make. I would expect better from him, um, especially for a guy who, you know, really likes to paint himself as being part of the analytics. Um, The analytics would tell you that when you start getting an aging quarterback and this roster that he says lacks talent would be needing a rebuild, then you're supposed to trade the aging quarterback to get assets to do a rebuild because otherwise we're popping out of the other side of the rebuild with a 37 year old Russell Wilson who is on the downside of his career.
0: So it doesn't really make much sense to me. I think the question is, is that I think, the the thing I think he I said I think like four times five times now in, in in like ten seconds. Uh but what he's saying here, it's whether you believe Russell Wilson is more Aaron Rodgers, right? Drew Brees. Is he that level of quarterback or is he one level below that? Is he a Philip Rivers, you know, or, you know, the, the level below the, the, the very, very tippity top tier, because if he is an Aaron Rodgers, if he is a Drew Brees, if he is a Tom Brady, then yeah, he's got a quite a few years left and, and you could have gone through a little bit of a retool with Russ on the roster, right? But if he's the tier right below that, if he is not the S tier of quarterbacks, but the A tier of quarterbacks, He's going to start to decline pretty soon, and, and that's where you're going to run into trouble, right? 37-year-old Russell Wilson might not be f- like 37-year-old Aaron Rodgers throwing up MVP seasons. But even if he's 37-year-old mm-hmm.
1: Drew Brees, that was his last viable season. 2019 to 2020, no one's going to make the argument that Drew Brees was the reason they were winning. And a lot of people have made the argument that Drew Brees was the reason they couldn't quite finish getting over the top.
0: And I mean, thirty-seven-year-old Ben Roethlisberger—that was that was the end. Thirty-six was the last year where Ben was was real great. Like, and then I would say Ben Roethlisberger was in that that second tier. I mean, I know was he's that a two-time Super Bowl. Used to Super be Bowl. a long
1: career. Like two-time this Super is a, Bowl This champ, is a ben big, big Tom Brady to moves the bar for everyone thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to be uh, uh like like hard on Ben Roethlisberger. I think he had a great career, but he was never. I no one ever said Ben Roethlisberger was the best quarterback in the NFL. And if you did, I would really wonder what you were thinking. You were you were saying it from Manti Brothers?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you're a homer and you want to make that argument, that's totally cool. But you know what you're doing. Uh, the other the thing fries is rise
2: on the sandwich.
1: Uh, the other thing that I think is kind of uh, disingenuous about the argument that he made is that the package we got back wasn't good enough. But one of the things he said that was the highlight of our off is that we brought in Charles Cross. So we didn't get a good return, but one of the best things that happened to us was part of that.
0: Well, turn. I mean, he's, you got to understand though. he the best thing that happened of the worst off season in his opinion. Okay. I still so don't then, see
1: something that's worse than signing or than trading three uh, day two picks for Carson Wentz. That's all I'm
0: saying. So his next point beyond the Wilson deal, we committed towards our philosophy of the 1970s offense. We re-signed Rashad Penny, then used a second round pick on Ken Walker He says the Seahawks should know how easy it is to find running backs with late round picks, having traded one for Marshawn Lynch while using the 249th selection in 2017 to draft Chris Carson. The team has too many needs elsewhere to continue investing meaningful cash and draft capital on tailbacks, even if those backs do end up succeeding. So let's start with the I'm going to start with actually a a different angle than I think most would expect here, Uh, because we've already kind of covered the the. You know, most good running backs were drafted in the first three rounds thing. But the uh, Eric, mm-hmm. what what do you see as the biggest holes on the Seahawks roster right now? He's saying we have a ton of holes.
2: What is the what is the big hole that the Seahawks need to fill? Um, I the only ton of holes argument that I will kind of pay attention to is I don't know how this team's going to look without Russell Wilson. So with Russell Wilson, so so big hole at quarterback. <laughs> big hole at quarterback is obvious. I agree, but like there were some times the offensive line didn't look right last year. We seem to address that, but is that going to be enough? The defensive line looks like we reloaded a little bit. I'm not worried about that. On the defensive side, what are our cornerbacks going to look like? We have uh, a safety issue right now with Quandre coming back from injury. Um, our tight ends, we we have way too many, and we overpaid for one, so I think we're fine there. Uh, our receivers look good. So a ton of holes. No. Uh, so, are we a little are we a little thin because we don't know what it's going to look like on the field? That's the argument. I so I I agree. The biggest obvious
0: holes would be tackle, which we addressed very strongly in the draft, and then cornerback. But I'm going to use I'm going to use a little bit of Bill Barnwell logic here. Okay, Ooh. the Seahawks should know how easy it is to find cornerbacks using undrafted free agents, uh, guys off the waiver wire and late round draft picks because we've got Brandon Browner and Richard Sherman and all of these guys to that have been successful in the late rounds. I mean, you can apply that same logic he applied to running back with, specifically to us with cornerbacks. And we made an investment in cornerback this offseason using our fourth-round pick on Kobe Bryant, our fifth-round pick on Tariq Woolen. We found Sidney Jones. Uh, we got Trey Brown last year, and he got hurt, but he looked good in the limited time. And we picked Artie Burns up off the scrap heap which is just like a thing that we would have done with Brandon Brown in the past. The way we have built our cornerback room out is very Seahawks. And I don't think that the, the same logic he applied to, Oh, you can just find running backs in the in the end of the draft. The Seahawks have been able to find good or even great cornerback play in the late rounds and, and in free agency. And I don't, I don't see any reason why this cornerback room can't be successful in the same way the ones of the past have. Am I crazy for that, Kevin,
1: no, I think that's really reasonable. Um, the other thing is, like, so what were we supposed to invest in corner? Like, were we, we supposed should, to sign him a guy?
0: Stephane, yeah, we should have gone and got Stefan Gilmore so that his corpse could help carry us to seven or eight wins.
1: Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, again, I don't understand. It's like you're using two different sides of, he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth in a way that's frustrating. Um, the other roster hole, so I agree with the offensive line being a bit of an issue. Um, Gabe Jackson is older. Austin Blythe is a big question mark. And starting two rookies or a Jake Curhan
0: is not the best situation to tackle. It, it will. Ev- so the, the line is a question mark, um, but it has potential. Like, I don't think anyone should look at this line and think, oh, they're just going to immediately fail. Like there's, they have put resources into this. We have really good talent. The question is, like, will it come together? That's a fair question. But yeah, but you can't you can't deny that. Like, they invested here, and like they, the talent they brought in looks good. Like,
1: but if someone I like wanted to cross,
0: rank it a, t- a bottom five offensive line, it's
1: hard for me to argue against that. But I'm just going to tell you that you're taking the downside of potential on all people.
2: But right, that could happen. Mm-hmm.
1: The other thing is, I feel like if you want to bet on the low side of potential in pass rush, you could say that it is a bottom five pass rush because Daryl Taylor only had six and a half sacks last season. Um, I think we all saw the potential to be a lot better. And for what was functionally his rookie year, rookie pass rushers, that's a really good season. Uh, Uchenna nwosu has been the guy who's going to be breaking out for a number of seasons in a row. Now he is another guy who sits in that like five ish sacks region. So, if you think neither of them can take any level of step forward, I understand what you're saying. Um, You know, otherwise we're relying on Boye Mafé to be probably our next guy on the pass rush. Puno Ford provides a good interior pass rush, but not the kind of interior pass rush that ever really gets any notice. um, As far as on the national level. And I feel like Quentin Jefferson and Shelby Harris are the types of like role player guys that constantly get ignored by national media. Um, They're going to get somewhere between like three and six sacks. And that can contribute to a front seven that's able to get pretty consistent pressure on the quarterback. But what we lack is that standout guy that you can point to and go, all right, that's your double digit sack guy. We all think that Daryl Taylor is going to be that guy. And I think we all believe that the, uh, the commitment to a new defense. See, that's the other thing that bothers me is like a lot of this is saying like Pete's old and he's doing old man stuff and his old man stuff is never going to change. Mm. Okay, except we fired the Pete Yes guy and we brought in people that are going to modernize the defense. Like, it, it just bothers me how. Okay, so then, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan gets a pass for being run heavy. The Rams get a pass for being run heavy. Um, you know, uh, other defensive, uh, Belichick gets a pass for drafting in a baffling way um like there's a lot of coaches I, that you could point to into the same thing and not put them at the last in the off
0: season i mean it's it's it is kind of insane cuz we bring in Sean Desai we're obviously gonna he he is the heir apparent for Pete Carroll right like they they brought him in to either have him be get a get a head coaching job in 2 years right he's he's coming in to, to he's head down.
1: coaching somewhere in 2 years
0: right <laughs> he's either head coaching here or somewhere else in the next 2 years right and so so they bring in Sean Desai, they let him basically reform the defense. Him they work they work together, right? Him and uh him and Clinton Hurt. Hurt are working together to to turn this defense into a three four look, um, which is very not Pete Carroll, right? Pete Carroll has never run a three four ever. He's 70 years old. Like I just don't understand Well and bringing in Carl Scott, who's another guy that they've worked with. They like, and he's a young DB's coach,
1: to kind of learn these things from Desai and Pete
0: yeah so i I just don't understand um that take either Kevin that the the old man people. we're gonna get to that though okay so uh will disley contract 324 uh so this got me really looking into the will disley contract. I was like, yeah, I hated that contract too this 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 is one I'm going to agree on uh 324 uh and yeah, I agree this contract's bad <laughs> the, the, the it came end. out of nowhere it's so <laughs> odd. It, I don't understand how we could not get him in here for like 15 a year. And people say like, oh, we have an out next year. You know, we can cut him and, sit, and it's, but we still will have a 6 million dead cap if we cut him next year. It's, it's not a great deal. It's, it's just not. So I,
1: I, the argument is basically it's 11 this year. And then it's like 6 million and then 7 million. And 11 is an overpay. Six and seven seem about right. Well, but well, that argument it's also basically saying that it should have been a 20 million contract instead of a 24 million contract come on I mean, the
0: cap, the cap number next year is like 9 and then in 2024 it's 10 they spread it out really oddly i don't i don't really know what they're what they're doing here I, if this contract feels like a, a deal you make if russell wilson's here low first year cap number you, it's kind of hard to escape from dead money in this contract i i don't really get it i don't get the Will Disley contract at all Maybe he's just in really. They know something we don't, but I just there's can't there has to be a way you get this guy for three fifteen. He's a really good
1: fit if we're actually running the Waldron offense, and he's the kind of guy who can really help out a rookie quarterback because he can help out a uh, a young offensive line, and he can be a pretty good safety valve. Um, you know, he'll make a catch, he'll break a tackle, he'll get a couple of yards. Um, he can move the sticks, but that. Doesn't stop this from being an overpay.
0: He has to be the best blocking tight end in the NFL to make this contract good.
1: He has to be the best blocking tight end in the NFL to make this contract bearable.
0: Yeah, because he, Mac,
1: Max Williams is like the best blocking what's, uh, tight end in the NFL, and he doesn't make that much. What?
0: What do? You, hey, Eric. How much? What's the most receiving yards you think this Disley's ever had in a season? Uh, four, four fifty. Well, um, you were only off by like two times two sixty. <laughs> 262 so yeah he I don't I I don't know Disley's had injury problems his whole career I just what was the market like that we felt like we need to do this this is this is I'm going to agree with him on this one this is not a, a great contract for Will Disley do you guys think we see Fant in the slot a lot this year I have yes. a feeling that that's going to be a thing is of uh, the big slot with Noah Fant
2: and him running up the seams and him running crossers and stuff like that. I'm into that. By the way, I think, I think that, that you might cool. you might see that, but also you're going to see two tight ends with one blocking. I think that's a thing to help out our young offensive linemen, but also to uh, you know get that run game going as as big as we want it to be. All right, uh,
0: okay. What could we have done differently? kept Wilson, and fired Carroll. Eric, do you even feel like that was a choice the Seahawks had the possibility of making? No,
2: we talked about this, like, oh, what was it, four months ago? Like, what do you see in the offseason, and what would you rather have? And uh, I'd, I'd rather have an architect than a declining quarterback, especially when, like I said before, we did the Let Russ Cook thing a couple years ago, and it was like, wow, this is awesome, until it was terrible. So... At this point, you could get so much value for Russell Wilson, which I would argue we got a ton of value. Um, probably the most we could get. Uh, I, I, there's no way I could see any way around, you know, ditching Pete to go with Russ. It just doesn't make sense. Right, Kevin,
0: do you would you uh, would you okay? So the Seahawks probably didn't have this choice, but if you were in charge, would you have kept Wilson and fired Pete Carroll, brought in new coaching staff?
1: Um, no and the reason why is that I feel like Russ made it clear. He doesn't want to be here anymore. And it's not just a Pete thing. I feel like it would have been getting rid of Pete and getting rid of John and giving him a lot of say in what to do next. And that's how you end up with Mike McCarthy as your head coach. Like we saw what happened when they basically did this with Brett Favre. And it only worked out because Aaron Rodgers fell into their lap. And even then, we've made the argument on this podcast that the decisions that were made to appease Favre at the end of his career are the reason why Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl
0: so the, i i don't i don't uh i think Russell Wilson really felt like he needed a brand refresh another thing too is i just don't think the Seahawks and rightfully so, would ever give Russell Wilson the contract he wanted. We saw reports this week that Russ wanted, wants five two fifty from a pretty unreliable source. I don't think that's what he wants. I think he's going to angle for that percentage of the cap contract that he's always wanted, and he's going to get it. D- Denver has no choice. Denver's backed into a corner. They have to kind of give him what he wants. And if he says, I want my – um, I don't know what it was. Was it 21% of the cap? Was it 20, 20? I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, but yeah, he's going to get that percentage of the cap deal that he's always wanted. And, uh, yeah. And
1: the, the thing about that is, um, like that is a, that's a tricky position to end up in. Like that makes it really hard to build a team.
0: Right. Cause no matter what, he's always, he's, he, he, well, the thing about the Russell Wilson deal right now is it's actually a really good deal. This, these next couple years, I mean, they're going to pay him 24 this year and 27 next year. And that is, that is amazing, right? Those are, those are great cap numbers. Um, and it's because we paid him 53 in 2020, but, but uh yeah, that that's, th- those are great. Those are great cap numbers. And it's because, you know, you sign the deal and then the cap goes up, right? And eventually it becomes a good deal now if he if he ties it to percentage of cap you know we look at Mahomes deal Mahomes deal is like 50 if, so that's probably about 20% of the cap um yeah he's going to ask for something like that 18 17 19% of the cap i don't know what it is. i don't know what that number is but i think he's going to get it he's going to kind of break the nfl in that way the same way that we thought Kirk Cousins was going to break the NFL with the all guaranteed money deal, but then it it didn't work out. The next guy who got that was a guy trying to avoid league fines, not not a guy who actually maybe not actually a guy who negotiated all guaranteed money. So yeah, I'm a I I'm unsure. I'm I'm interested to see where that goes that contract situation. But one thing is, it would have been bad for the Seahawks because we would have been backed into that same corner. We just fired our most successful head coach of all time. We just fired our most successful GM of all time to go with Russell Wilson. Now we have to give him whatever he wants in the contract negotiations. We can't. There's no backing out now. And it's the
1: same situation that we just got blasted for putting ourselves in with Jamal. And so if you thought that was a bad situation with Jamal and you don't think that that's a bad situation with a 35-year-old quarterback, then I'm not really sure what your point is. Like, again, you need to kind of pick a spot to stand on there
0: quarterback's the most important position on the field, Kevin. Yeah. And having
1: an old one could definitely be the death of your
0: team. Yeah. So guys like that, my daughter's playing with the garage door. Can you hear that? I was wondering what that was. I was like,
2: (laughs) not, no, I I I was like, Oh man, I thought
0: Eric was landing an old timey plane at his
1: uh, (laughs) recreational vacation cabin. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. So now we, uh,
1: all of us have been guilty of crop dusting now and again, but that doesn't seem like the way that that normally happens.
0: (laughs) Uh, so he says last what's left to do Uh, extend DK Metcalf. He should get a deal similar to AJ Brown's for $100 million deal. So would you resign Metcalf right now for what for four years, 105 million, sim- similar terms to the AJ Brown deal? Yes. What do you, th- what do you think? Eric, Kevin, it's just a straight yes for you. Sorry, I was waiting no, for no you thought. to finish the sentence so
1: that I could say yes, as fast as possible. Cause right. I feel like that is how you address that situation.
0: Um, the AJ Brown extension uh it goes third uh 26 million in the first year cap number 41 million in the second year then a 9 million void a 9.6 million void year and a 3.8 million void year i i don't this contract is no- nothing like anything the Seahawks would do
1: no ever. but i think the the years and money um, Yes. Yeah, like, would I sign him to a deal that basically pays him a little more the next couple of years and a little less the following two years, or basically pays him to scale out with a rookie quarterback? Yes.
0: The 2026 co- a year of this AJ Brown contract is insanity. 30 million base salary, 10 million, 10.5 pro rated bonus. He has a 510,000 per game bonus, $240,000 workout bonus. So his cap number is 41.5 million. And they would save tw- they would save twenty million by cutting him and have to pay him a twenty one million dead cap number.
2: That's a weird so, contract. That's
0: crazy. That's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. Uh, it's very it's very Eagles. Howie Roseman is, is always doing stuff like this with the the Eagles. That's how they. Their roster is really good this year, by the way. Um, okay, I've already hyped that up though. Uh, do you, Eric, you were signing you were signing DK for one oh four four years, one hundred five, one hundred five. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Million. We didn't trade him. We didn't get more draft capital. You got to sign him now.
0: Okay. Perfect.
2: Um, what if that? What if someone comes with us, to, comes to us next off season with the Frank Clark deal
0: for DK? They say we'll give you the twenty first pick in the draft, and
2: uh, and a third. You into that? I'm not. Great. I'm not. I, I kind of thought we would do that this year, like maybe a a first and a second, or an earlier first. You know, get get that like sixteenth overall pick. But no, you wanted you wanted the Arizona panic deal where they traded for for a. I thought Stop. about it
0: <laughs> Mar- Hollywood oh, Brown deal. Yeah. 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 They just panicked. Okay. The other thing. Okay. Um, there's, there's trouble. Uh, Jody Allen. There are many rumors swirling around that she has to sell the team. Um, that now there's, now there's indications that she won't sell the team. It's very, it's all very confusing. Um, This Jody, this Jody Allen situation. Nothing appears imminent. There's no, there's no real need to sell the team anytime soon. Um, The last team to be sold uh, was the Carolina Panthers, 2.275 billion. The Carolina, uh, Buffalo was sold for 1.1 billion in 2014. I'm guessing. there has
1: got some big rumors around like four.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm guessing that we would be worth significantly more. Um, People are saying five billion for the broncos actually so i'm guessing we would get four to five as well um do you okay first uh do you think jody allen is going to try to sell the team or keep the team what do you guys think
2: i think she's keeping it uh supposedly the rumor rumors it's not for sale i think she would have i think she would have panicked at the at the russell wilson trader or said like let me let me sell this team now um I think she wants to own this team. It's a feeling I get. That's all it is. Okay. And um, Ken, what do you think?
1: Uh, I think what's going to end up happening is, so it looks like the Trailblazers story is for real. Um, Like there's an ownership group looking to uh, make a move for Portland. Um, And there's some language in the trust around a requirement for the ownership but it's unclear, or I don't think anyone's been able to get the specifics around what needs to happen. Goodell's saying he doesn't see something happening in the immediate future. Um, what I could see is maybe there's a restructuring of ownership where maybe some of the minority owners change. Um, but I, I think it's more likely to be something like that than a full-scale like change in ownership. Like I don't think you know Amazon's gonna buy it anytime soon or anything.
0: What did you think about Camp Chancellor tweeting out that he wanted to to talk to her about it? What did you guys think about that?
2: That is cool. I mean, I, what did, would it. you
0: want? Can't, can't, I mean, the thing is that five, $5 billion, I don't think people realize how much absurd an amount of money that is. Um, like these athletes are very wealthy, but they easily could – It's so hard to put $5 billion together.
1: No, but you could put tens of millions together and be like a minority owner with like a small percentage. And having someone like that as a brand ambassador and being able to put the owner tag on that person is a benefit both to them and to the franchise. So I could see kind of making room for that with having multiple former... um, you know, having multiple former uh, players who have expressed an interest in that, that could be a great way of keeping them in the folds of the franchise as voices out there in the community that people care about. Especially as you're going through a rebuild, you know, oh, we might be rebuilding, but I can support my Cam chancellor jersey because he's the owner.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. I i don't know. I—I I, <clears throat> Russell Wilson has always talked about how he wants to be like a team owner, and I just don't ever, I don't understand how he gets enough money to do it. It's, it's impossible. The amount the, yeah, these people that have billions of dollars is,
1: well, I mean, I, his
0: wife, maybe no, <laughs> no, he needs to marry, he needs to marry Giselle, Giselle to <laughs> Bra- like even Tom Brady though, with the TB12 brand and how much money he's made. And then his also ultra rich wife and his, and he's going to make all this money broadcasting after he retires. I still think it'd be hard for him to put them in there be, to be the majority owner. Majority. No, franchise. but I
1: think being the majority owner is not the same thing as being an owner. You know,
0: that's fair, um, but I it it is what matters most because we don't think about the minority We just think about Daniel Snyder and and you know the Jody Allen, right? Like there's, there's if there is other owners, we don't think about them as much. Uh, okay, do you have a wish list though? Who would your ideal owner be if uh, if if the Seahawks were gonna we're gonna get a new owner? Um, you know, thinking about you know local local options, things like that. Like Eric, you said Amazon. Noah, you, you said want? Amazon. I didn't say oh, Amazon. No, I think Kevin did. Then, uh, would you want Lex Luthor to buy the Seahawks?
1: No. Um, one <laughs> thing I would <laughs> like to point out: uh, uh, Jay Z gets a lot of talk about being uh, for being a minority owner, and he owned one percent of the Nets.
0: Yeah, but as soon as as soon as they got bought out from from under them, that yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Uh,
2: what Steve local out, celebrity do we have here? Uh, Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. So, Mitch people, in the morning. <laughs> so, people, people, people that have
0: over five billion dollars and live in the Seattle area. You ready? Mm. Okay. The list is the list is three people. Okay, uh, we got Lex Luthor. Yep. Jeff Bezos. You got Steve Ballmer, and you have Mackenzie Scott, which is which is uh, Lex Luthor's ex-wife. Uh, that's it. All right, I picked Mackenzie Scott. Oh yeah, Mackenzie Scott seems cool, but I don't think she wants to own a sports franchise. I don't think so Steve either. But,
1: but you said who I would pick. I'll go with Ballmer.
0: <laughs> Ballmer wouldn't. would be horrible. I mean, Ball he's trying fine. really hard with the Clippers, uh, and he seems he seems interested in it. He's very invested in the Clippers. He, maybe he'd be invested in the same way with the, really whoever it he's is. Got I Paul want, Allen
2: vibes. I want to be someone who's going to want the team here. Meaning, you know, we have a great stadium and we're probably good for the next twenty years. But I don't want any sort of like, you know anything that happened with the Sonics. I don't want any any games being played about moving the team ever.
1: I also don't want what happens with Vegas where you hear money problems being one of the things that's making decisions about, uh, you know, what's happening with the franchise. Like that, that's a different problem.
0: Yeah. Also, I mean, have you seen their owner's haircut?
2: <laughs> you got to save money somewhere.
0: Big <laughs> yike. No, that's the worst part about that. Okay, Eric, you said you got to save money did you know he flies out to have that haircut done?
2: He could. How far does he fly? Because he could fly to me, and so I'll, I'll give him a deal.
0: No, that's actually how he gets the
1: airplane done, or how he gets a haircut done. He just, you know, sticks his head out of the plane in
0: flight. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, he strategic he like,
1: bird strikes, and then that's how you. Like I think that.
0: he like flies. I think I read an article. He flies to like L.A. or something, and then um, I don't. I don't know. It's bad. I mean, you're really summarizing what's happening with that franchise by just telling this one story. I hope Jody Allen, I hope Jody Allen doesn't sell the team. That's, that's my main point is, yeah, this looks. Yeah. Having the
1: ghost of Paul Allen as the owner is great. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that.
0: Um, all right. So let's go to the, uh, first day of first play of practice, Denver see Denver's first day of practice. Uh, Pat Sertain picked off Russell Wilson and took it to the house. Um, Classic, classic Seahawks uh, lore. You know, Richard Sherman picked off uh, Russell Wilson and told him he sucks. Do you think, <laughs> do you think Pat Surtain told Russell Wilson he sucks
2: here or, or what? Actions speak louder than words. Are, uh, you know, it's... like a like a Chan Ho Park fastball to Cal Ripken Jr. at the All Star game. <laughs> this was something to to up his brand. I'm not buying into this at all. You don't think so? No, I think it was Russ being like, hey, hey, guys, you know what I did? I threw a pick to, to Richard Sherman. I'm going to tell you it was intentional, but it wasn't. But this time, I'm going to do it again, and he's going to think he did it. It's, it check this out, guys. No. Let's ride. Let's ride. Oh, Let's ride,
1: guys.
0: Okay, the amount of cringe coming from Russell Wilson, I mean – It's so awful. I bet it, you it was, was a throw over the middle. I, I don't know if it just like I, – I was more resistant to it when he was our quarterback because he was helping our team win. But, man, it, everything I see makes my bones hurt.
2: To be like fair, we true. made fun of bubble water. We made fun of eat the ball. We were we were OG on, on. <laughs> eat the ball. Yeah, that was my all-time favorite. And I will like. say he's been
1: <laughs> ramping it up as the years go.
0: What about bread about that, like a mini football? Oh, Orny, huh. Horny cologne, uh, diaper ads. Yeah, he was pretty cringy the whole time. Uh, you're right. Dude,
1: the fluker
2: uh, spoof of his commercial was... The only thing I see now is Alaska Airlines. <laughs> I see Alaska Airlines, and I go,
0: "Hey, where's Russ? Where's Russ?"
2: Oh, they took him out the ads. I mean, it makes sense. No one wants to is see that, space is, around here. Uh, for That's a while. true, and, and and I
0: mean, Baker Mayfield's not going to be in those Progressive ads anymore. Did you guys know? Proc- the reason he's in those ads is because Progressive is a Cleveland-based company.
2: Yes, that's the only thing that makes sense. To
0: are me. are they going to put Deshaun Watson in those commercials now? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> You guys don't think that would be good for their for their brand to have Deshaun Watson be the face of the brand? I mean, you guys uh, think that would I definitely be don't choice? see a
1: crossover commercial happening with Flo. I'll just put it that way. That's-
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think that commercial could have a happy ending. Oh. oh. Oh! Uh, did you guys see that argument that the lawyer made
2: yes. on TV? I was like, dude. <laughs> technically, yeah. And then he he had to come out and explain. I'm technically it. correct, which is the best kind of correct. Good luck finding your jurors for all twenty six at oh, twenty seven. I cases. know. Se- seriously, Jesus. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Just because uh, there's fire doesn't mean there's fire. Wait a minute. Beretta did that.
0: Apparently, when they when the teams were interviewing the NFL, uh. All the, all right, interviewing him. All they asked about was the criminal charges, not the civil charges. They're basically like, yeah, it's all, it's fine if you just pay the money to make it go away. It's, it's, uh, is it though? I mean, is it, is
1: it? Yes, it's the NFL. We already knew that. Ugh. It's depressing, that was... but it's definitely true.
0: Oh man, I hope they suspend him for the whole season. It would make me laugh.
1: Um, okay, I hope they wait and <laughs> suspend him for the following season when he didn't negotiate his.
2: Deal with the yeah, They investigate for a whole season. That's exactly well, then, what I and, yeah, and
1: it hangs over the franchise all season and then they suspend them the next year.
2: Baker Mayfield will be like, oh, that's fine. I'm, I'm still not playing for you guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Get ready okay. for
0: Jacoby. We made fun of. I think we made fun of the Browns enough. Uh, I think that's all I got today. Do you guys have anything you wanted to, to cover here? I think that's all the, uh, the Seahawks specific. News that I had. Okay. Oh, another thing though. Thirty second worst offseason. I cannot. Hit the what is there a team that you would say had a clearly worse offseason than the Seahawks, Kevin? You went the Commanders. Yep.
2: I like the Commanders. Um. Maybe the Falcons. I think the Falcons did. Yeah, that,
0: that was my pick.
2: Okay. See, so the Falcons did. I love you. A I love you. Seahawks. They were. They were they got rid of someone they probably needed to but there was no way they were going to make like they don't they can't reload with anything of what they got rid of they just they're just going to be bad
0: the thing about the falcons is is like you look at their roster and there's no way they could possibly be good it's not like us where we're probably going to be bad but like their roster it's got talent we got good young talent like kind of across the board like their left tackle is is you know Thirty-one-year-old Jake Matthews on the on the downturn, right? Their their defensive line is led by thirty-one-year-old Grady Jarrett. It's just it's okay, thirty-year-old Grady Jarrett. But but yeah, it's just it feels like our best players are pretty young. I mean, they have AJ Terrell. Maybe that's why he 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 loves them so much. I'm not sure. I don't get what's better about them than us. It's like a weird and Mariota. The delta between Mariota and Locke is is not very big. The delta between would, Mariota
1: and Locke is almost an equal sign.
0: I, I think is better, but he's also, there's no potential left, right? At this point, Marcus Mariota is who he is. Drew Locke could take a step. He's still young enough, and the change of environment might revitalize his career in the way that Tannehill did. Um, there's 0% of chance of that with Marcus Mariota. He is the 20th best quarterback in the league, and that is it. There's no better or worse than that, and that's fine. But I I would have rather taken a guy with some ceiling, take a shot, see if we can find some, see if we can find a twenty dollar bill in the couch cushions, right? <laughs> and if it turns out to just be a quarter, well, whatever. We have draft picks next year to go get a new guy. Whereas them, they I feel like I feel like they went and got like a like an actual, I don't know. They they drafted Desmond Ritter, who I think is the best quarterback in the in the in the bad quarterback draft. I don't know. That's that's. It is what it is. I'd rather be all in on next year as opposed to going and getting one of the quarterbacks from this year. Yeah. And I more. mean, I felt like
1: they had an okay draft and everything. Uh, the other thing I don't like is how are you going to rip our pass rush and then look at Atlanta's pass rush? It's bad. No kidding. Like it's Arnold Ebicchetti and
0: Lorenzo Carter. There, It's an actual rookie and then no one else.
1: Yeah. I mean, Grady Jarrett, but I would argue that.
0: It'd be like, it'd be like if our pass rushers this year were Boye Mafe and Alton Robinson. And we had no one else like all those other guys don't exist. And our our top two pass rushers are Boye Mafé and and uh, Alton Robinson. How would you feel about that? I would I would want to throw up. <laughs> yeah, not good. Right. And we have we have a couple guys after that, that or before that, actually, because they're ahead on the depth chart that are pretty, pretty freaking good. So, yeah. That's it. I'm I'm done. I'm done talking about that. Let's let's go move on. Patreon.com/seahawksnest for as little as a dollar twenty four a month. You can uh, join the join the Discord. Get in there. Uh, come come hang out. Um, also, like like eight people's credit cards exp- expired. Uh, so so you know if you want to get in there, maybe you you might be you might think you are pledging and actually not be. You never know. All right. Thanks, Andy, Brett, Do It All for the Tucci, Evan, Phloctomus, Greta, James, Jos, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Michael, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so our movie this week. Um, the. Oh, sorry. Chip and Dale. OK. <laughs> I had like a moment where I couldn't remember what the thing where I decided my brain shut off. Okay, so Akiva Schaefer, uh, and the uh the Lonely Island guys, uh, directing and acting in the in the Chippendales Rescue Rangers movie. It's on Disney Plus. Um, it is some people might have saw it and been like, that is what are they doing here? What is this? It's the tagline is it's not a reboot, it's a comeback. I think that's a very good Description. Of I the think the if you know that these <laughs> are the people who
1: made Pop Star, then mm-hmm. that is a tagline that is a selling point.
0: Um, it's kind of like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the modern era. Yeah, a lot, a lot of of uh, I, intellectual property showing up. A lot of um,
2: like, like it's way like more a, than I thought there would be.
0: It's like if Space Jam: A New Legacy didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, because <laughs> Space Jam: A New Legacy had a lot of intellectual property crossovers and you're like hey there could be a cool movie where you have all these characters showing up there's a way to do that in a way that actually makes sense and is funny is and it Chip to and not be a giant commercial Chippendale, yes yeah, to not be a two-hour ad um it's Chippendale actually did a good job making a movie that first of all it's 90 minutes long so they they're not overstaying their welcome and they did a good job just making a movie that's very very entertaining Eric, what did you think of uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers overall?
2: It was uh, it was fine. It was enjoyable enough. Like I'm not going to sit there and recommend it to people, but when I told people oh. that I was going to watch it, they were like, "Really?" That's I'm like, I just uh, I think it's going to maybe be fun. It it turned out it was a little more I don't want to say adult in the like mature, but it was kind of for all Gosh. age ranges. The joke the jokes are for us. Yes. They are not for kids. Like I wa- I watch it for us too. I watched
0: it with my son and about halfway through the movie, he was playing Nintendo Switch and not paying attention uh, because it's not that it's not jokes for it's not jokes for children. No. it's jokes. It's jokes for adults. It's an there's a nostalgia. There's a nostalgia element to it. And the uh, and goofy jokes and uh, and gags like that. Um, for the people who enjoyed
2: th- Chippendale's Rescue Rangers when they were uh, wee kids.
0: Yeah, so my favorite... Chris Evangelista said, this is like if Shane Black remade Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is a hilarious review okay. Um the, <laughs> Really, the, is it a Christmas scene? Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: it, yeah, they're having Christmas part. No, it's a wrap. No, right? yeah, it's I'm a wrap. Oh, that's not Shane Black. Um, so this movie... Okay, so, so there's a lot of gags in this movie. So, so many gags in this movie. Um, I think the gag that everyone likes to talk about the most... Um, Is is the the very obvious, uh, sorry, the very obvious ugly Sonic gag, which okay, so it doesn't it doesn't make sense because you're like, how did they get Paramount to agree to let them do this? Because the gag is like, one, it's really well executed, it's funny, and like they are really ragging on the original design of that Sonic. Like, how did Paramount agree to it? But apparently, this is uh, this falls under the the purview of parody law. Akiva Schaefer said that, that the lawyers were the real MVP of this movie getting (laughs) that because, because not only did they get him all of these rights to use other non Disney properties, this is what makes it better than space jam space jam. It's like, Hey, it's an advertisement for Warner brothers, right? These are all the things that you might see on HBO max. Here's, here's this thing. Here's this thing, right? Like it's, everything is from this one franchise or this one umbrella. This movie reaches outside of that there's here, oh, there's a my little ponies cameo there's all there's all this stuff right there's and then there's these parody things that they do ugly sonic this uh this character that Seth Rogen's playing bob the warrior viking which is like some kind of um
2: yeah, I don't I didn't know, know what that was from
0: it's not from anything it's like supposed to be kind of World work but the generic he, also they had mantis from from a uh, from yeah uh, kung fu panda like they had all and these randy marsh from south park shows up did you hear exactly. who it
1: was going to be before it was ugly sonic
0: no it was well, going to be jar jar vinks oh that would have been funny too but <laughs> ugly sonic is so funny because okay they come in and it's i like the idea okay so that these cartoon characters are real people that play parts right so there's a real sonic there's just a regular sonic that actually got the part and then there's ugly Sonic who, who got fired after the trailer because he was so, so ugly looking. He He's so... <laughs> just, and they're do and they're in the... the way they're in like the comic convention and he's got all the ugly Sonic merch and he, he just goes, you can't, you can't laugh at me if I'm in on the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. It's so good. It's such a, it's such an awesome way to, to like kind of bring that character into the world and make it, make it funny and, and, i don't know i just i found it quite quite enjoyable also dennis Haysbert as the voice of zipper was yeah. like i just love that so much that is such a funny gag to have the the non-talking character from chip and dale the little fly and then he talks and it's dennis Haysbert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that i love that very 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 much um, can I think we talk for a second so about funny. the voice
1: actors like what a great job getting celebrities but then also getting like legit voice actors like Jim Cummings oh, yeah. and Alan Oppenheimer, like people who've done a so, lot of really good voice yeah. work. Will Arnett, who's done a lot of voice work.
0: They tried to they tried to do uh um, they tried to do a thing where they they had the original voice actors all doing some parts in this movie um ever like almost every original Chip and Dale voice actor has uh, a part in this movie, but it's not necessarily Chip and Dale if that makes sense yeah. um. So which which is pretty cool. Uh, okay, Eric, what was your what was your favorite gag? Was it Ugly Sonic or was there something else?
2: Uh, honestly, I'll say two things. One, th- all the miscellaneous weird gags that just showed up for no reason. So like E.T. with Zack Snyder's Batman. <laughs> no, E.T. versus <laughs> Batman. Yeah, for no reason. It was just like so funny to see that. Um, and yeah. then the the meeting of what the four Seth Rogans.
0: Yeah, when it's four Seth Rogans at once. Yeah, it was, a, yeah. It was Bob. A uh, Mantis, Pumbaa, and then the the Seth Rogen character from this movie, which was the uh, the the Bob the Warrior Viking,
2: and they all just <laughs> they all make a joke, and then they all start laughing, and it's like, oh, that was that made me laugh out loud. Yeah, I liked um, I liked Will Arnett as as Sweet Pete, the
0: the like middle aged midlife crisis mafioso Peter Pan. Um, <laughs> which I, I thought was like so funny and he got fired from being Peter Pan because he got too old
2: and he's just real bit and he's just real bitter about it. Also, I didn't realize that was Will Arnett until of uh, close to the final act probably. Like he did a yeah. really, he showed his range. What about the snake DJ? <laughs> in the, in the, in the, in the, that, Is that in Fula Laborg?
0: Yeah, it was full yeah, Borg. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was hilarious, and the the way he was making like a TikTok with Kippendale because he was such a huge fan was was really funny. I liked the bait. I liked the bait and switch with the with the the rookie officer saying she like I just like every episode and then kind of saying things that were really generic like that to tr- to kind of trick the. Yeah, Chippendale, and, and then and then it turns out it is the captain who's the bad guy. It is J.K. Simmons, it's Captain Putty. The oh, I don't know a Gumby ripoff, I guess he's not Gumby, but he's some some Canadian version of it or something. <laughs> he's not, he's, not, he's an ugly he's ugly Gumby. Also, I the, the live country.
2: action uh, edition of Paul Rudd for no reason because oh think- yeah, Paul Rudd just <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Rudd where- just just sitting there. <laughs> my the original idea for Ant Man was that it was he it wasn't I, ants it was. It was. Just I liked the hands.
0: the bootleg versions of the movies too. When the the bootleg Winnie Pooh and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, the bootleg Flounder, uh, the bootleg Bart Simpson, that stuff all made me laugh really hard too. was just ridiculous. Uh, he Man and Skeletor in the yeah. movie, of course. And who was it? Was
2: it Tigress? Was that the other one who had a kind of a oh, bigger Tigra? Part? Tigra from Tigra. Uh, from the West Coast Avengers cartoon of the '90s, that was just awful. Like, when yeah. she showed up, it was like, "Oh my gosh, why is that Tiger And why? <laughs> exactly. It
0: was like all the knockoff characters. One thing I loved is um, the way Ch- Chip uh, was still like 2D, but Dale had gotten CGI surgery, so, so he so he looked. Like- what CGI? Yeah, that seemed and to bother
2: people in the previews, but it it works in the whole movie.
0: Oh man, the the joke worked for me. It was like funny because and everyone the way everyone was complimenting on was CGI. Oh, it looks so good. It's so tasteful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so just so funny to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I really, I really, really liked it. I thought it was a, a really funny movie. Uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, it made, it made me laugh the whole time. It was entertaining. Uh, it's the kind of thing you could throw on in the background while you're doing something else and just like laugh and not worry about, uh, missing anything because the plot is just there to, to move you on to the next, uh, sight gag or, or a goofy thing, um, that's going to happen, which is, which I really, really like. So
1: I think that seems yeah. to be a Kiva Schaefer's thing. Like if you think about like, I would say the same thing about pop star and hot rod. Those are movies you can just put on and they're just enjoyable.
0: Yeah. There's, there's just, yeah, they're, they're just trying to, it's a, it's a skeleton to try to get you to the next, um, the next interesting thing. And I, another thing too is, is that it didn't overstay. It's welcome. It's not super long. If it was super long, I think it would have been bad, straight up just bad. And yeah. then the second thing, it, cause I, it, it will, it will start to grade on you. If it was two, two hours and 15 minutes, it'd be like, Oh God, why is this still happening? Um, and I, I, think very few of the jokes just fell completely flat on their face. Like, I don't. There's very few jokes where I was just like, "Nope, that's not funny." Like the whole thing when when he's driving the the human sized car <laughs> was funny too. He wanted, he, you know, they make cars in in our size, right? <laughs> yeah, but everything's better for humans. <laughs> it's like he's got like the the human sized cars just falling apart. I don't know. That's just, <laughs> just everything. There's lots, lots of just stupid stuff like that. That's it's bright in my wheelhouse. So if you like stupid comedies, I highly recommend Chip and Dale rescue Rangers on Disney plus uh, it's been on there for like a couple of weeks now and apparently they uh, they're they're thinking about make get another one it's got, Also, got,
1: great job using the fact that Disney owns every IP that you could just but, put a whole bunch of IPS in there and then if you don't own it just make fun of it and understand that Disney also has the most lawyers
0: that, the thing, too, is that – so you could tell Ugly Sonic, they were like, this is a parody. We're not going to get Paramount to agree to this. Or we might get their, like, begrudging blessing at best. Uh, but, like, the other stuff is – the other outside the Disney stuff. So they have a lot of outside Disney stuff, right? And the other outside Disney stuff is very um, – it's very respectful, right? Like it's the it's it's the kind of stuff where you you know you you say like oh yeah we'll let you do that and then you can use one of our characters in a similarly respectful way later kind of thing, right? Like those handshake deals. Um, I think that they, they did a good job. Like you no know, one that the My Little Pony people aren't going to get mad that the ponies just run through. Like Hasbro is probably like sure go for it. That sounds great. Yeah, you know it's, it's an a, ad. It's a it's it's a, it's a it's a little bit of an ad, but it also just it adds to the realism of the world because because. You do kind of need to buy in that this is sort of a realistic thing. Even you know, obviously, it's goofy, but it's a goofy premise. But like, it makes the world feel more fleshed out that it's not just a two-hour Disney advertisement. In the same way that Space Jam was just a two-hour HBO advertisement. So, all right, yeah. Fair. And then they, they, like I said, they they feel like they could make a sequel in this world. It depends on the popularity of the first film. So, I don't know if the it would be easy to do a to do a sequel. Or not. I feel like
1: if it's the same people doing it, then they're the kind of people who will know that they have to have a creative niche, and if they can't come up with an idea, they'll just wait until they have one.
0: Yeah, I think I think it could feel really forced if they try to rush it out based mm-hmm. on like how how well received this one was. Um, but yes, it could you could definitely do something fun with it, even if you just did a sequel with a premise. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be Chippendale. It could be dark. uh, dark, Like they did have a dark wing or something dark had a dark wing duck cameo at the end of the, um, at the end of the credits. (laughs) Yeah. And you could totally do that. Make it, make a dark wing duck version of this movie where, you know, Jim Cummings is, is yucking it up as a, as Drake Mallard or whatever, however you want to do that. So yeah, I would, I would totally be fine with that. And then make it 80 to 95
1: minutes and layer your jokes and everyone will have right. at least like a decent just, time.
0: What would the Darkwing? Okay, let, let's do it. What's, what's the Darkwing Duck movie, Eric? What was come up with it? Let's sales oh, pitch it. you got oh, to take some tropes from Batman for sure. Um you set up a storyline? Yeah. No, so yeah, Batman slash noir detective story. Okay. Oh, with a
1: ridiculous element.
0: Like somebody's I, murdered with like a, a, a poisoned a, whoopee cushion or something. I'm going to, I'm going to take it a different direction. Okay. Darkwing Duck is now a private investigator, uh, and he's mostly doing like like a divorce stuff, you know, where he goes around and takes pictures of of people <laughs> infidelity to get to, for divorce lawyers. Oh and he's just gosh. he's really he's really depressed. But then one day he gets like the real case, and the, that's the movie. All Dark, right, Darkwing Darkwing Duck. I would one hundred percent watch that. Um, yeah. All right, there we go. I got I got it. I got I, it. I think I'm. I think we're in there. All right. So that's it for uh. For Eric, for Kevin, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks.